Scrubs today. Hello and welcome to another edition of FFS. Uh, Friday Facebook sessions from Growth Yay! Yay! I was just explaining, I'm wearing my scrubs today. <clears throat> I didn't even bother to put nice work clothes on this morning, so I've just put straight, they were there, just put my, my scruffy pants on, but there we go. Hey, so... Yeah, today we are talking about understanding your competitor landscape, which Hannah Weinhold has just informed me is really boring. It's boring. 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 It's not boring. No. Um, <clears throat> I did a post on LinkedIn about this uh, the other day, last week, I think, about um, understanding your competitor landscape and why it's important and the reason that it is a sort of foundation point of, of the audits that we do. And we'll come on to discuss all of those things. So, uh, but first of all, Hannah, what's your name and where do you come from? Well, my name's Hannah and I'm from Grow Traffic. Hey, And what are you looking for today, Hannah? Today, I'm looking for non-boring 30 minutes that will give me top five tips to check out my competitor landscape. Oh, well, I, I mean, I can't promise anything, but we'll see what we can do. Um, anything good happened to you this week, Hannah? Yeah, I went to Beamish yesterday with the girls and uh, my, my children, not my mates. And <laughs> um, spent a good, good long time looking at lovely wallpaper, which I like i really like yes. wallpaper i saw your post on facebook it, they all the 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 wallpaper the tiles the vintage tiles were absolutely beautiful yeah i love yeah. it and i've now been watching loads of youtubes and listening to podcasts about wallpaper mm, well i mean yes you are a you you did your degree in art and a big chunk of it was textiles so uh, that's the kind of thing that gets your rocks off isn't it have you done anything um, this week I, yes, I did do something this week. I went to see Elton John. Ah! Oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So Elton John has been one of those musical foundations of my life, um, particularly the sort of early albums. But the, he's just always been there. Um, and I think he's one of my musical heroes. And I love him. I'm not, I'm not like, I, I like 70s little bit 80s Elton John like the sort of 90s Lion King uh yeah all right sorry yeah <laughs> got a bit boring. but he was brilliant he was absolutely brilliant it was so good it was such a good gig and I'm so grateful that I, I I got to see him at last on his final farewell tour so there we go that's my exciting thing anyway none of those things Hannah are wake as exciting wake up <laughs> not, none of those things are as exciting as understanding your competitor landscape Hooray! so first things first what is a competitor landscape Hannah oh god it's what your competitors are doing and uh why and how and where Yes, exactly. So when you are operating online, it's who are you up against? Who, who are you competing with in your little corner of the internet? Now, um, we always say when we're talking to clients that if you want to rank number one on Google, you've only got to beat who's currently ranking number one on Google. And the only is a little bit tongue in cheek there, because sometimes the people who are currently ranking number one on Google might be, you know, Amazon, Amazon or yeah. uh, the BBC or Marks and Spencers, you know, oh, big. Wikipedia. Wikipedia, yeah. Companies that you are, websites that you are never going to beat in a million years unless you win the lottery and put all of that investment into your digital marketing strategy. So, or you go for niche terms. 
Well, exactly. So exactly. This is the key. If you are if you are operating in a competitive landscape where you have got absolutely no chance of beating those big boys on those big money keywords, then you go niche and you figure out where are you going to fit? Where are you actually going to make gains in, in that competitive landscape? And that's why it's so important, because you could you could set off and waste all of your time and all of your money and all of your effort trying to go after these keywords that actually you're never going to rank for in a million years. Whereas if you put a little bit of strategy and a little bit of thought at the beginning and figured that out, there's no point going for those keywords. Let's go for these niche keywords or long tail keywords or geographically relevant keywords or very specific service or market or sector keywords. Then you have a much better chance of actually ranking and getting the traffic that is relevant to you. So we'll, we'll come on to talk a little bit about that. But essentially, if you can get this right at the beginning, in, it means everything else that you do is actually going to get you an ROI and not just be a waste of your bloody time. So we've got five top tips for you, five points to help you understand your competitive landscape. And the first one, Hannah Weinhold, is start with your keywords. Why? Okay. I like this because it's always a surprise. I know you sent it to me, but I always forget. This is an exercise in how quickly I can think on my feet. So you start with your keywords because uh, SEO, you're not ranked, like your website is not ranked for a topic. You rank, and actually your website is not ranked at all. Your pages are ranked for a specific query. So, and, and it's, all, it's often like the best match for how Google interprets the query someone's asked with what your page is optimized for. And all the other stuff that comes into it about, about you know, what makes a website, a, a web page rank. So you start with the keywords because each keyword will have a different competitor, a different requirement on it. Um, yeah, a different competitor, a different requirement. Um, and when I say requirement, I mean like uh, like what's the page authority of the page that's ranking and what's the... Um, you know, the content length and what's the kind of backlink profile for that keyword. Uh, And different key phrases are weighted differently. So, for example, a key phrase that's like, um, should I invest in gold, will have more of a a kind of requirement on it for for higher domain authority, better quality citations, yada, yada, than um, what does a shih tzu like to play with because because they call it your money or your life if you fuck up the information on the on the investment thing like you could really damage someone's well-being whereas if you get like the wrong type of ball you're gonna have a slightly bored shih tzu so you know the time (laughs) (laughs) which take it from me does not bode well (laughs) so you you know like your keyword is super duper important because you need to know what can like what your competitors are for that keyword and, and kind of what the requirements are for that ranking. And you need to kind of, if, you, if you're thinking of SEO and websites and keywords as one big chunk, it's not. It's really, really granular. Like, so kind of looking at your keywords is, is absolutely critical. Mm. Because, yeah, yeah you, as you just said, you know, your keywords, so your competitors are going to be different depending on what those keywords are. And we always say to clients when you when yeah. you're choosing your keywords, you know, start with your products and services. What do you what do yeah. you do? Um, you know, be literal, but then be specific to your uh, business or like say your geographical area or whatever or your audience that you're trying to target. Don't be too generic. Don't be too ambiguous. You've got to also understand what does the algorithm think? 
think that your thing is called that you're talking about. And so, you know, we've used these examples before, but, you know, we had a, a client that made big, really big pieces of machinery that sat in um, uh, production lines in factories and they called it a food dehydrator. Now, when you go online and look for a food dehydrator, it's those little ovens and things that sit on your worktop, buy them from Amazon and they dehydrate mushrooms or pineapple or apple or something so you can make snacks. Uh, we then, they wanted to call it a food dryer. Now, when you look up food dryers, you get those giant silos that sit on farms and dry things like grain or hay or straw or whatever. So we had to figure out, first of all, what do the algorithms think this thing is called? You've also got to think about it from a sector point of view. So, for example, we call blogging SEO copywriting. That's what the industry calls it. But our customers don't call it that. They search for blogging. Have you, you know, where do I find a blog writer? Who can write me a blog? All this sort of stuff. So you've got to really think about your keywords. Don't just go for the obvious ones. I was looking at... Um, a website this morning, I was doing a free audit for somebody I know, Heather, I'm sure she won't mind me using this as an example, but on her, so she provides social media courses to help people work social media, but also how to come up with content for social media. But her keyword that she'd chosen on her website was just courses, not social media courses, not social media training course, you know, just courses. Well, if you think about, well, who are we going to be competing against for courses? You're going to be competing against universities. You're going to be competing against, I don't know, people that make show jumping courses, yeah, people yeah. that make, you know, golf courses. It's huge. It's so ambiguous. It's really, you know, so your audience. Even if, com, like, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And even if you do manage to rank for that and get those people onto your website, you might not be what they were looking for. They might have been looking for golf courses. So straight away, they're going to leave and, and give you all the wrong ranking signals and all the rest of it. So really, the more specific you can be with those keywords that you choose, the better it is. And so they are your starting point. Think logically about those. And then you can start to work out who your competitors are off the back of them. As well, it's super duper important if you provide several services for, for your competitor landscaping because um, like we had a client who provided security for businesses, right? So they did um, key man service and um, fire alarm systems and CCTV cameras and CCTV monitoring. And so each one of those has got a different competitor and the competitor is not a chap down the road doing the same thing as you. Your competitor is whoever comes up on page one of Google because that's yeah. where people go. I think that's a really important, and uh, we, we will come back to this in a minute, but I do think it's important we make that distinction now. We have what we call your keyword competitors, and we have your real-life competitors, and it's important that you understand the difference from the beginning. So quite often when we say to our customers, who are your competitors, they will tell us about a business that's usually fairly local that does a similar thing to what they do. That now, they Yes, that they hate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they've, had, that they've had a rivalry for years um, and they are your competitors of course they are they might be your competitors online but actually your competitors online might be businesses that you've never heard of these will be your real life competitors so it might be a business from down south that's doing the same thing that you do it might be one from France that's doing the same thing that you do they are still your online competitors and then we have your keyword competitors so these are people that don't offer the same service as you but they are going after the same keywords that you are so for example if we 
take, you know, courses uh, as an example, you know, a university or a golf club will not be, they're not providing the same service that you are, but they're going after the same keyword that you, you, you want to rank for. So they're what we call your keyword competitors. And there are so many examples of this quite often when we're doing audits and we're looking at, at your competitors, you know, it could be, uh, it could be a listings website, it could be Wikipedia, you know, they, they might have an article about the thing that you're trying to rank for. And again, it's really important that you then look at that and go, okay, so the keyword, the, the competitors I'm up against for this keyword are not providing the same service as me. They're very, very different. So I might decide at that point, right, well, I'm going to go for a different keyword then because that's not my target audience, clearly. So it's un important to understand the difference. Okay, we so number one. Like a whole session on keywords, couldn't we? We, we could. Why don't we do that, Hannah? There we go. That's another exciting uh, session for you to come back for. Uh, right, so number one, start with your keywords. Number two, research your competitor landscape. Now, point number three is research your specific competitors. So this one is a little bit broader, um, just so that you understand what's coming up next, Hannah. Um, but point okay. number two, research your competitor landscape. Where do you start very broadly trying to work out who your competitors might be? Well, um, as you tell me, as uh, as sorry, as Aubrey always says, you tell me, Rachel. All right. Okay. Well, Google. Google yeah, is a really good place yeah. to start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I really, and I think um, just pro tip, turn on incognito. Um, that's the thing that you turn on when you're looking at porn. So just turn on incognito um, and and just Google yourself there because you don't want the cookies um, skewing your experience when you're looking for your competitors. Because if you've been on, Google will present to you what it thinks you want to see. So if you've been on a certain website loads, then it will bring that higher up in the rankings because it thinks that you want to see that. So if you're always scoping out your competitors' websites, then the best place to look is sticking on incognito and having a uh, you know, having a good Google of what you think your keywords are. It's really always um, a little bit heartbreaking when we have to break it to clients when they go, well, I'm I'm number one on Google. I come up top every time. I Google myself every morning and I'm always up top. And you're like, yeah, well, uh, whilst that would be really nice to believe, that's not, that's not what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, incognito is a good tip. But but that that general sort of searching is the best place to start. Absolutely do it in Bing as well as in Google. Don't forget Bing these days. But just put your keywords in. Put yourself in, your own company, put your products and services and the thing that you do in and just have a little bit of a, a mosey around and start seeing who are the companies that are coming up time and time again? Who are the ones that are constantly appearing? Is it the same in Google as it is in Bing? You know, do the, do the algorithms understand what it is that you do and who you are and what your keywords are? Just try and figure out very broadly speaking that relationship. And like I say, start making a note of those companies that are constantly coming up time and again in your competitor analysis, because they're the ones that you need to have a look at and you need to, um, you know, research a little bit more. Don't neglect as well the paid positions, so the ads, because that will show you who is trying to compete for that keyword. So um, usually the top four or five and then the bottom couple are, uh, oh, so not four or five, the top kind of two or three uh, and then the bottom couple are the paid positions and it'll say add next to it. And, and sometimes that will tell you, firstly, if there's lots of them and they're really big companies that keyword is going to be a good one because it will convert so like back to keywords but when we're picking out 
keywords we look at what like what what's likely to convert and they tend to be more competitive so you will have different competitors for the keywords that are going to be kind of the big money ones than you will for the really kind of niche ones so yeah have a look at that and then it will also tell you the people that are trying to compete have decided to stick a little bit of money behind it but aren't ranking organically yet so for example if you've got wikipedia and the bbc and some random article on the guardian one two and three then looking at the ads will show you the private businesses that are trying to compete for that keyword as well so you can start adding them into the mix mm-hmm. yep absolutely good tip good tip um and then once you've done that again you've then got to start looking at your your specific keyword competitors so you've done a bit of a broad generic search had a look on for your sort of businesses business name you know business services that you provide all that sort of stuff now start going for your keyword competitors specifically and this is literally once you've narrowed down your keyword you there's two ways of doing this one if you don't want to pay for anything or do it in a a sort of systemized way um just put each of your keywords into google and into bing and see what what companies are coming up screenshot it screenshot the top yeah. screenshot the top five for each of your main keywords and just have a look through and see again who's coming up are there some consistent companies that are coming up time and time again are your keywords not relevant are those companies that are showing completely irrelevant to what you do go back again and and change your keyword strategy you know are they huge companies that you're never in a million years going to be go back and change your strategy so start to gather that information about who's appearing i think that's a really good point like take the screenshots and look for the ones that are coming time and time again um, because they are going to end up being your SERP, SERP search engine result page competitors. Yeah. And if you want to go a little bit deeper in this, there are tools that you can use. Uh, name me some tools, Hannah. Hammer, Spanner, Diamond <laughs> <Simon> Valley. <laughs> um, well, SEM Rush is a good free one because that will show you some of your competitors. Uh, Moz is a good one. That will that's free as well. That will show you some of your competitors. You just need to create a free account with an email address, and then you get a certain amount of um, of inquiries. Um, we use SE Ranking, which is a paid version, um, but that lets you see everyone that's ranking for a specific keyword um, and like their domain authority and stuff. But that's probably a bit kind of beyond most people. It is. I mean, it is good. We're, this is what we use when we're doing audits, isn't it? The SE ranking competitor analysis tool. And there are, you know, other platforms that provide it. But once you get down to wanting this level of detail, you are going to have to pay for it. But as Hannah says, what they'll show you is you, you can specify your keyword. They will show you the top 10, 20, even 100 websites that rank for that keyword. You can track it over time as well. So you can see how they move around in the search engine results pages. Our websites, you know, if we've got a, a results page, page that's always fluctuating um, and the websites are coming up and you can see as well if you've got small domain authority websites you know newer websites smaller websites and they're coming in and moving around for that keyword over time again that that might be a good one that you can go to it gives you a chance whereas if you've got a keyword and a competitor landscape where it's just the, the same top 10 websites day after day after day after day that's going to be a really hard one to knock any of those off their spots it's quite a well-established you know p- uh, position so again you can start to get into that level of detail if you want to um but otherwise having said that, mm-hmm. sorry you are right there but but having said that there is an opportunity where it's static 
because it could be stagnant and it's always worth checking and I'm sure you'll come on to this, what those websites are actually doing. Because if you've got the same kind of top five websites and they've got no blog and they're not updated regularly and they've got shit trust signals and Google's just ranking them because you found a really good niche keyword, then there's a real good opportunity there because SEO, you only have to, and like, you know, we're back to that same thing. You only have to beat the person that's top. And if the, then if the people that are top are doing nothing, mm. it will be static. And so, you know, yes, there's a challenge there, but there could also be an opportunity there. And there's a favorite saying in our company is it depends. So it's Mm. worth kind of digging into it and checking. Really good point, actually. And this is the case, you know, we work with quite a lot of manufacturing companies um, and and that is quite often what we will see. It's a static page because these companies and these websites are not updating them they're not producing new content so there is nothing new in there that google's got to show and again you know the the next point actually is is start to look at what are these these competitors actually doing and that's what you need to do if you're going on to those it'll it'll tell you specifically which page is is ranking for that keyword if you go onto that page and it's an article from 10 years ago there's a real opportunity there to you know improve that write something fresher newer focus on that as a keyword and get yourself up there so yeah Good, very good point. Okay, so number one, start with your keywords. Number two, broadly research your competitor landscape. Who are those websites that you are competing against for your keywords? Number three, research those competitors. So dig further. And this is now where you need to start looking. What are those websites doing? And what are the things that we look at when we're doing this, Hannah? Um, so like I said, how often it's updated so um, that might not necessarily be a blog, um, but it's usually the easiest way to find out. Um, and how, like what sort of trust signals there are on the website. If you've got a website that's got billions of Google reviews or Trustpilot reviews or whatever pulling through and loads of certification and stuff, then that's interesting to know because these are things that you can implement. So what you're looking for is, what do they have that you don't basically? Why are they ranking and you're not? And if you think about about the way a website is ranked as being my favorite, the triad, um, then you've got kind of the quality of the content, how often it's updated, what sort of um, queries it's answering. Then you've got how good the website is. Is it trustworthy? Is it well optimized? And then you've got all the other things, the offsite things. So how good the social media is, whether or not they've got good backlinks, are they on plenty of business directories and so on. Um, so like you, you're kind of looking for along those lines of what, and there's loads of blogs and stuff on the Grow Traffic website about how to identify what's like, what, what makes a website rank. So you're looking for the gap. So you're kind of doing a gap analysis. So if, if the website that's ranking top has got a banging blog that goes out every week and it's really relevant and it's got, um, like loads of testimonials on its website and it's linking up to reviews and they've got certificates on there and so on, then you know what you need to start including on your website. Mm, exactly. I mean, we're, we're back to that, to rank number one on Google. You only have to be who's currently ranking number one on Google. So absolutely look at what they are doing because that gives you the standard that you need to aim towards. And you're, you're absolutely right. You know, if you want to do this properly, get either a spreadsheet or a Word document or scribble it down on a paper, however you want to do it, but do a gap analysis and start 
start gathering those websites again the ones that are coming up time and time again but also some of the niche ones some of the ones that just appear for an odd keyword or a keyword you really want or whatever count those as well don't don't discount those even if they're, they're not constantly appearing but have a look what is the domain authority and where does that how does that measure against your domain authority how many linking domains have they got how many backlinks have they got how often are they updating it you know how many pages of content on there one of the things you always see when you look at when you look at the the, the websites that rank top on google they have lots of content they have lots of layers to the website so you can click through and through and through they're usually up uh, uploading blogs on a regular basis they've usually got a page for every service and keyword that they want to target you know they've usually got a lot of trust signals they've usually got a lot of client review you know you can start to see those patterns and then you can start to see where yours fits in relation to that and you can then say right okay you know these guys these guys that are ranking top they've got 150 blogs and i've got three so i know where i need to work towards you know they've got 3000 client reviews and i've got one you know they've got a domain authority of 72 and i'm on seven so immediately you know it might be at first you might think oh my god well i'm never going to get that but you know it gives you that place that you need to aim for because when you know where you're starting from and where you need to get to, you can then work out your strategy for what you need to do. And if at this point you think, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. Like, like that's valid. And and in that case, it like ask us to check it, ask for help, outsource some of the activity or further niche down your keyword. So if like, if they have got 150 blogs and they're doing three a week and they've got a domain authority of 72 and blah, blah, then then it might be that your keyword isn't niche enough. So instead of like going for, I don't know, security alarm installers in Rotherham, you go for security alarm installers, uh, installers uh, for small businesses in Rotherham and make it more specific again. And, and like, yes, you might have fewer people searching for it, but they are going to be super duper. I've said that loads of times now. They're going to be really, you can tell I've been with the kids. Um, <laughs> it's so good to sit down. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be uh, I don't know what I was saying it'll be good, it'll be good. yeah you've been yeah. with the kids a lot yeah well exactly I mean to be uh, to be honest Hannah you've nicked point four already so we've ticked that um, off but yeah find your niche no it's right it's absolutely right because that is the next step again if you're looking at those and you're saying we're never going to get those in a million years right well then you know you need to go a little bit more niche still and you need to re- keep going back and refine that keyword strategy as you are doing your competitor analysis what you will find is you are knocking hundreds of keywords just out out yeah. of the count because you find uh you know there's no point there's no chance we're not going to rank for those but as hannah said you know those those small search keywords those long tail those niche ones that have l- low search volumes often that when you look at them and a, a measuring tool they come up with a a search count of zero it doesn't mean they have zero it means they have on average fewer than 10 a month uh, people searching for but as hannah said they are the ones that are really looking for you they've put a very specific search into their search engine and they are clearly looking for what you provide so if you're if you can get those people on your website and then make sure you're giving them the information that they need they are very very likely to convert so you may end up with smaller numbers of traffic but it might be that your conversions are going to go up as well um i was making a, a point on linkedin recently about um the the arrival of um 
AI-generated search. And the theory is because people are going to be finding out much more of those what we call top-level broad searches from AI-generated content, by the time they get further down that buyer journey and their keywords have got more and more niche, that is when they're going to end up on your websites anyway. So it looks like this is the direction. Well, it has been the direction we've been going in and it looks like the direction we're going to continue to go in. The optimizing your website for those big broad keywords is as a strategy for SEO is is no longer going to work and it is absolutely going to be all about getting that very very targeted niche traffic onto your website and converting them so yeah that's one thing you need to focus on okay so number one start with your keywords number two research very broadly research your competitor landscape who is coming up time and time again Dig deep into those competitors. Point number three, uh, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? How are they doing it? How often are they doing it? What do you need to do to start doing what they're doing? Point number four, refine that niche. Keep, as you're doing this research, keep refining that keyword strategy and going more and more and more niche each time. And then number five, adjust your strategy accordingly. We've already said it. You know, as you are going along, as you are doing this, this will constantly need to inform the, the SEO, the digital marketing, the content marketing strategy that you are writing. And again, just on, on that content marketing point, if you come across a competitor and they have got blogs about everything that you were going to blog about, you know, what is a thing? Why does a thing do? Why does your business need my thing? Um, once upon a time, the strategy would have been right. If they've got those blogs on their website, you need those blogs on your website because of AI and, and the, the content bubble and all of these reasons, which it's too boring to explain to you. That is no longer going to work as a strategy. The key now is unique content. Are you offering something unique to this conversation? Are you contributing something that is, relates to your experiences and your knowledge to this conversation? If you are not, there is no point wasting your time writing that blog. So as you are doing your competitor analysis and you're looking at them and you're saying, right, these guys have got all of these blogs, cross them straight away off your off your content strategy list there's no point writing them go for the, the the blog titles and the content that nobody else has written yet so it should be constantly informing your your strategy as you go anything to add on that one hannah no that's good all right. Well, there we go. Well, in that case, we've done five points. Um, oh, wow. And for once, we've actually done it within the time allowed. Mm, We're going to go over nice, obviously, but yeah, that's uh, good going. Right. So understanding your competitor landscape. Number one, start with your keywords. It's got to be your starting point because your competitors will be different for every single keyword. So figure them out first. Then you can start looking at your competitors. Number two, research your competitor landscape. And remember, you will have your real life competitors and you will have your keyword competitors and they are different. So start to figure out what that competitor landscape broadly looks like. Number three, dig into those competitors. Now you've got the ones that are coming up time and time and time again. Start analysing their websites and, and doing a gap analysis. What's the domain authority? How many backlinks have they got? How much content have they got? How often do they upload it? What are the trust signals like? All of the things that you're going to measure on your website, measure it against theirs. What are they doing? Number four, refine your niche. Keep knocking those keywords off as you figure out that they're useless and keep refining it down. And number five, keep adjusting your strategy accordingly. And that's all of your digital marketing strategy should be impacted and affected by your competitor analysis. So use that information to inform everything else. Hannah Weinhold, final thought. I think um, just be really 
um objective when you're looking at what your competitors are doing you know i know it's hard when you're looking at your competitors to think oh we're loads better than that but like you know try and be super objective really critical really clear yeah i think that's a really good point actually people always um want to dismiss their competitors don't they and actually don't look at it with without that emotion and say what are they doing well what are they doing badly but what are they doing well um my final point would be that make sure you are different then don't don't try and do what your competitors are doing figure out where your point of difference is what you can do better and why you deserve to rank for your little bit your little niche and go after that don't just try and uh, you know copy what they're doing because they're they're doing it and they're ranking if you want to beat them you need to do something slightly different so and you need to be better so yeah there we go that's it so thank you very much for joining us um if you are watching this back please do still leave us a comment if you have a question because we still watch the comments and we will still answer them also if you want to email us specifically with a question it is info at growtraffic.com co.uk if you want more content about this or anything else you can go to our website www.growtraffic.co.uk or our youtube channel which is something like just search for grow traffic on youtube um, yeah. and that's it if you're watching on youtube or listening as a podcast please do like and subscribe if you have a thing a subject or a question that you'd like us to cover in a future episode as well please do let us know because um you know we're, we're running out of stuff to talk about basically <laughs> we need some ideas um so yeah let us know if you have have a specific thing that we that we've not covered that you would like us to that's it the sun is shining hannah are we going to go and play out this weekend yeah picnics abound yes marvelous right there we go thank you very much it's time to wave Bye.